Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Kerry Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-course, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Bastards Pod. This is a weird voice to hear, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got to come up with some sort of, what do we, what do we, what do we, there we what go. do we, That's, here he goes. <laughs> you you know? did a perfect me. I did a perfect um, you. What do we, what do we, what do you, what do you, hey. Yeah. I, guns I, I would, in Portland. <laughs> I would do a prop intro, but nobody, nobody needs to hear me try to sing. Um, (laughs) uh, this is a hood politics behind the bastards crossover behind the hood politics it's like it's like uh like when they do Grey's anatomy and station 19 on on tv but better what what? Yeah, they used to do this in the '90s, like uh, yeah. sitcom eras, all the time. Yeah, where, yeah. Like, they used to do the know. crossover episode. Yeah, yeah, that's how technically the X Files and the Wire are in the same universe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Scully mm-hmm. came exactly. through. Scully came through to get a get a uh, to get a nice little uh, <laughs> nice little bump of crack. Speaking of crack, you know what I would. Yeah, uh, that is a good introduction, and will get me off of talking about what a fun crossover uh, yes. Mulder and McNulty would have been. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we are talking, we are getting behind the hood bastards, because we're talking about the crack epi- epidemic and the Central Intelligence Agency. It's like the perfect, yeah, also a perfect mm-hmm. crossover. That also you wouldn't a perfect have, crossover, Wouldn't yes. think you'd need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, I, I will say, I get a little frustrated, as we'll be getting into in, in my episodes, whenever people are like, the CIA brought crack to the inner city. Because, like, guys, the NSC was a big part of it, too. Very You big. know, Ollie North was not slacking on this. Let's not give the CIA all the credit. This is what you will learn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You need to give people, put some respect <laughs> on their name. The NSC yeah, needs the respect. That, you won't hear right. the respect right now. That's branding right there. Yes. All right. A <laughs> little reverse. You ready for this reverse bastard? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I am ready. Let's do it. Bro. Okay. 
Sophie, how you feeling? I feel like I don't have a script, which means it's like a normal bastards episode because Robert doesn't send me the script when I ask him to send it to me either. That's true. That's right, I mean, Sophie. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, it's important. I don't know when this is coming out, but I think it's important to acknowledge that uh, this is the day after Queen Elizabeth passed and probably doubling as one of the greatest days on black Twitter ever. Oh my God. Black Twitter and Irish Twitter were both just Listen, firing it was on like, all cylinders. It was just Voltron yeah. of melanated people. <laughs> like people that seasoned their food just all got together and had a barbecue mm -hmm. and was roasting the hell. And it's almost like y'all asked for it because didn't nobody ask y'all to make her the symbolic figurehead of mm -hmm. all that is the British Empire. No. Y'all yeah. made her that. Yeah, people people are doing this whole thing where they're like, well, but she didn't really do, you know, she she she's not the one who did all of the colonialism. It's like number one, she was thirty one years old when uh, her government put like a million Kenyan people in concentration camps during number the fucking one. Mau Mau uprising. Number one, yeah. let's talk about <laughs> no, fucking Mau Mau. Some of that is all um, her. Is yeah, all her watch. Some yeah. of that, in fact, did happen while she was in charge. Yes. And number two, uh, it's funny because she is representative of a terrible government, and so let's laugh at it and look people are like hey your country doesn't have anywhere to talk you guys made donald trump the president absolutely fine let's laugh when he dies too it will be also <laughs> funny when he dies yeah it'll, yes. be, it'll be great and when like, he dies yeah and, the, and i'm like yes you're right and i would hope that you would participate in the jokes yeah the point i'm trying to make is it was like these were i saw a tweet that said we're mourning more than the death of a woman but the death of a world and I was like, I from your world. mouth to God's ears, homie. Who's <laughs> mourning that? Yeah, number one, we not. And that's our point. That's why uh -huh. we cracking jokes. Is pretty, you yeah. made her the picture of 650 years of oppression. You did, not me. So if that's the case, then we got something to say. Yeah, I, I, I am fairly certain that Ruyard Kipling, the poet laureate of the British Empire, wrote a whole poem about how that world wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, a couple nah. of them, actually. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it was uh, one of the greatest days on Twitter. Now, yeah, let's get ruled. back to what we're going to talk about here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I guess I'll try to again, try to start in your way. Hey, uh, what do you know about... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your feelings on cocaine there, uh, oh. Robert? Well, you know, look, I think it's not my favorite drug. I think it's a general rule overrated certainly more expensive than overpriced like if i'm going to do a stimulant right if i really yeah. need to like like keep myself wired i'm gonna roll right on down to the old walgreens i'm gonna get up a, pick up some benzodrex inhalers the ones that have benzodrine in them i'm gonna pop that little cotton thing outside of the center and i'm gonna dunk it in a water bottle and i'm gonna drink me some benzodrine some like classic 70s speed you know and then i'm gonna drive for 37 and a half hours um <laughs> but if I want to, you know, I've had some good times on cocaine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and if you get the opportunity to snort a line of cocaine off of somebody's ass, you should take it. It's a worthwhile life experience. I mean, I feel but, like I feel like when you add all those additives, like this yeah. is my ass. I'm like, well, I mean, that's a different story. I think that is cocaine a different by story. Its, oh, by itself, I'd be like, ah, I mean, no. I'm from Los Angeles. So it's like you walk into somebody's party and they're like, Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Welcome in. Make sure you take your shoes off, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a Hollywood party. And they're like, 
hey, coffee's over there, bars over there, Coke's over there, we'll be cool. So it's like, it's so ubiquitous growing yeah. up in LA. And I've been able to be like, oh, I'm cool on that room. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't need to go to the Coke room. But if yeah. you add that <laughs> there's a booty to snort off it. Yeah, there's we're going to be snorting off of someone's. Sure, that's an experience, right? That's, ah, that well, kind of added a wrinkle. Yeah. There's a thing like clubs in Berlin and stuff. It's really fun to go to a club where you're going to be there for like 30 hours and like periodically take trips to the bathroom with your, your friends to do lines. But if I'm going to be doing lines in like the bathroom of a club in Berlin, I would prefer they be lines of ketamine than cocaine. Um, that's where I stand on cocaine. You talk about drugs the way underground rappers talk about rap. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, it's the most obscure shit. Like, what the, what way guitar nerds talk about like pedals and and bands. The best place to snort drugs that I've ever snorted drugs is the Kit Kat Club in Berlin. It goes down like five stories. It doesn't close for three or four days at a time. Great place to do lines in a bathroom. Absolutely number one. Word. That sound. Dog. That sounds like quite an experience. Yeah, Yeah, my German listeners are are nodding along and going, "Yes, absolutely." Um, That's the part. That's the part of German culture. (laughs) Don't nobody tell you about while while the nerds was goose stepping. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Y'all was downstairs running, just hitting, getting bumps and rails. I actually think the club is made out of an old bomb shelter, but don't don't quote me on that. Don't quote you. So yeah, cocaine. You know, mixed opinions. Good. Well. I'm glad you think that because we're going to talk about Iran-Contra. And Hell which, yeah. Yes. Which ends with, uh, that's the hard part with, 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 with bas- sometimes with the bastards thing is like trying to figure out, one, who the bastard is and, uh, and where to start the story. But we yeah. definitely know that this ends with the loss of Whitney Houston. This ends oh, with- Oh, jeez, you're right. Yeah. The destruction of South Central and New York and the total flooding of our prisons. So we know that it, yeah. it ends there. And it's it's kind of, Iran-Contra, and I think this is probably how we'll wind up having the episodes released. Iran-Contra is kind of the middle of the story, right? Because mm. you have this period where the CIA is fucking around with some of the ideas that yeah. get turned into Iran-Contra. That yeah. Honestly, some of them start like 30, 40 years before this. We'll talk about For the, sure. this We're in my episodes. Yeah. But yeah, this is kind of, this is the middle. And it's it's yeah. the middle, so normally I think, like, it, it, it was difficult when I was plotting out my episodes because it doesn't connect directly to the crack trade, or it does, but but it, it, it it's hard to understand why it connects directly yeah, to not the crack clean. trade if yeah. you don't have the, the first and the end parts of it. Um, yeah. But also, Iran-Contra is a fucking crazy story on its, its own, and you yeah. have to tell it like that. So I think what we're exactly. doing is smart. People will yeah. get the full context. But yeah, let's let's yeah. dive in. I can't yeah. wait to talk about my boy Ollie North. Oh man, we got Fucking some we got some juice man. on a future bastard star. Yeah. So look, so yeah, so yeah, so crack attack. This 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 story, what eventually cocaine, crack cocaine, Iran Contra, all this stuff that he's talking about, Oliver North, it's almost like the at least for hood politics or for any sort of still living black or brown person that didn't necessarily live through like Jim Crow era or civil rights movement. If you're somehow younger than that, this is sort of like, this is the backdrop that we all kind of understand. It basically laid the playground, the map for almost everything we talk about for a number of reasons. It's almost like, it's almost like how like in Game of Thrones, 
you've just accepted that there are dragons in their world like yeah. you know what i'm saying or you just or like like in lord of the rings like middle earth is just a planet and there are things that like you know the characters aren't necessarily pointing at going oh yeah yeah, there's such things as hobbits, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and orcs are because of Saruman and there was actually an ancient history. Like, this is just the map. So if for you to understand a lot of gang violence, crips, bloods, all this stuff in the inner city, like this is part of the map that's necessary. But what's so crazy about it is is how it's connected to geopolitics. But like, like Robert's trying to lay out with y'all is... Where do you start this story? Do you start it with World War II? Do you start it with the Monroe Doctrine? Do you start it with McCarthyism? You know what I'm saying? Because all of this stuff, the reason why Iran-Contra had to happen is because of these other contexts, right? So let's go ahead and dive in, you know? Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, you're coming out of World War II, starting the Cold War, uh, and uh, this might be review for everybody, but you know, the Cold War was ultimately a war of ideas. Like whose idea gets to run the block, right? right. Um, who gonna run the world, whether it's, you know, liberal democracies or communist socialist regimes. Crips, Bloods, Vice Lords, Norteños, Sorenos, it don't make no difference if you just live here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all all gangsters. It don't make no difference. Y'all just trying to run whatever turf you have. And at the end of the day, for us as like regular civilians, yeah, just like just like in the hood, it's like you really, you repping where your mama pay her rent. Like I didn't choose this neighborhood. We just happen to live here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And if that's the case, right? If you run in this block, the last thing you want is the enemy to be able to set up too close to home, right? That's the last thing you want. So, the way that like Cold War was, go ahead. Yeah, you, you see, you see versions, by the way, of this logic and like why Russia did what they did in Ukraine, right? Exactly. Like it's this whole idea that you don't want the, yeah, you don't want the enemy setting up, like, and it's fucked up what they're doing in Ukraine, and, and yeah. what we're about to talk about the U.S. <laughs> doing is pretty fucked yes. up too. Yeah, the, the same. It's that's their yeah. whole thing about like we can't have y'all join NATO. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the enemy. Like y'all can't be clicked up with these people literally right next door. You can't have that. Which was ultimately what happened through the 60s, 70s and 80s in Central and South America. America was like, we can't be having no communists on our soil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's too close to home. Now, granted, and it's so crazy because if you if you if you. You know, knowing your stories, knowing your Cold War history, if you talk a Korean War, you know, Vietnam War, we was cool with like compromise. We was cool with like going 50-50 on places as long as it was over there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> right. Because, you know, North Korea and South Korea, that was an agreement. We was like, OK, cool. Y'all can have North. We'll take South. You know what I mean? Y'all support them. We'll see who the prophet is. We'll see how everything works out. And then but if fools start feeling froggy, you know what I'm saying? Then we're going to come rep our turf. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is the proxy wars of that time. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, a lot of this situation stems from the idea of, I just want to be the biggest dog on the block and I can't be letting nobody come into our turf, right? And these two operations, Iran and Contra, ultimately was actually a very brilliant hustle. But if you speak it in like criminal sense, it's pretty brilliant. But it should have landed Ronald Reagan and George Bush Sr. in jail. Oh, yeah. At the end Among of the day. a bunch of other people. It did, <laughs> it did a land lot of people a number that of went to people jail. in jail. Yes. Um, yes. A lot of people should have went to jail. Yeah. 
So, so look, so let's start in, this is the middle of the story. So let's start in the middle of the middle. Let's yeah. just get real weird here. Get all Tarantino on this mug. So I'm going to start at October 5th, 1986. There's, so there's this cargo plane, a Soviet bought plane with Soviet made AK-47s and mad weapons flying over the jungles of Nicaragua. And the plane had no plans on landing. It was just going to drop its cargo and fly on off. And the guy that was flying it, um, we'll get to his name later because it's it's the most just white bread American name ever, right? So he's flying over and he's about to drop these weapons over this uh, this jungle in Nicaragua. And there was a young man named Jose Aleman who sees him in the sky, reads the lick, and he like, you ain't supposed to be over here. Shoots the plane down. Just from the oh, jungle. You probably shouldn't have done that, Jose. Yeah. This might not yeah. end well for anybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shoots the planes down. Now, mm-hmm. the question is, who is Jose repping? Jose's repping the Sandinistas. Now, the Sandinistas are a socialist party in Nicaragua who overthrew a dictatorship in 1979. Why this was such an issue was because this dictatorship was really cool with the U.S. Reagan and them, like, really clicked with them. It was, it was everything worked out. You did your part. I did mine. Everything was cool. They were super supportive. Like that dude, but then the Sandinistas came and overthrew this dude. And Sandinistas' crime, as far as America is concerned, is they socialist. And that's too close. You too close. You too close to our hood. You can't be doing no socialist stuff over here, right? So the Sandinistas were the ones that shot this fool down, right? So the fool gets shot down. Uh, Jose Aleman turns him into his big homies. The big homies, the Sandinistas, put this fool on TV, Right. Oh boy. After he oh gets boy. shot down. So they put this fool on TV in Nicaragua and they was like, all right, hey, yo, como se llama? You know what I mean? Like, what's your name? Tell the folks your name. He was like, Gene Hassenfoss. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a real was, name. That boy's name was Gene Hassenfoss. <laughs> That's not a real name. Prop, that was don't his fuck name, with Robert. Me. No. They was like, they was no. like, don't they edit? They was like, don't they edit? Uh, like, where are you from? He yeah. was like, Wisconsin. Like, a motherfucker. Gene Hassenfoss from Wisconsin was Gene, flying. Get the fuck out of there. You're not supposed to be in Nicaragua. What are you oh, doing? Mamas. What are Gene you doing? Gene Foss was flying a plane full of cargo or weapons over a jungle in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. They was like, uh, so why don't you tell the people why you here? Gene Hossifoss from Wisconsin goes, well, the CIA told me to come here and drop off these weapons for the Contras. He yeah. just tells him exactly why he's here, right? Now, your next question should be, uh, who are the Contras? Now, if you are around my age, uh, the first time you ever heard of the term Contras was a video game where you was going up, up, left, left, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A, select, start. You remember this, Robert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how you get 30 men on the Contra game. Who yeah, knew no. that Contra was no, wartime I have, propaganda? I have, that, I have that tattooed in a part of my body I can't talk about on the, on the Let's air. Let's go. For it, sure. was a, it was a really important moment in history. Oh, it's yeah, like you no. learn how to hack a game. Like mm-hmm. 30 men? Anyway, so the Contras were the group of people who were trying to overthrow the Sandinistas. They were a pro-democracy, 
anti-socialist uh, rebels, right? So, so this well, dude just they was, were they build themselves as pro-democracy. Yeah, let's, at this let's point say of the that, story, yeah, yeah, that's that's the claim they're making. Yes, at um, this point in the story, that's what even they are. though the Sandinistas have overthrown a dictatorship. And the government they put in place is going to have some problems, too. Absolutely. But the fucking Contra is a big part of what they're doing is like, well, let's go back to the way things were. Yeah, they when, wouldn't. When we had that dictator. Yeah. No. Because the dictator, it was one of those dictator where you've got elections, but they're not real. You all know the story. Yeah. Right? It's it's kind of yeah. like, OK, so you're having problems at school. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with some some dudes. Right. And yeah. you go right. ask the last person you should go ask like you know your cousin mark you know yeah. what i'm saying your cousin mark's like oh you need help we'll we'll give you help yeah you know what i'm saying but it's like do you, is this help is this juice worth the squeeze right mm-hmm. your cousin mark is saying hey i'm just doing this because i'm your cousin man i love you i said everything straight no cousin mark is not necessarily the person you should be clicking with so anyway yeah, cousin mark maybe expect yeah cousin mark <laughs> you, may you, come back for a favor later you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah there's some phone calls you don't make because they're gonna cost more than they're giving you right yeah so anyway so they put the boy on on tv he was like yo the cia uh, told me to drop this stuff off. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with civics laws or anything like that, but that's pretty illegal. You can't mm-hmm. just be you can't just be dropping off weapons in a country like that, right? Uh, yeah. So, so once the Sandinistas put this man on TV for everybody to see, they like, all right, America, you got something to say? D- look, here go your boy, right? So the U.S. Secretary of State, a man named George Saltz, who we will talk about a lot later. Oh, oh boy. Yes, we yes. will. Theranos go- board member George Saltz. Yes. Don't you dare forget it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this man come to the podium and is like, I'm sorry for that man, but I don't know who he is. He was like, <laughs> he was like uh, first of all, if, they, if, a, if a government official, and this is any government, yeah. comes up after something like this happens and says, we don't know who that, if they specifically go up to say, we don't know that man, that's their man. That's their like, boy. Let, that's the way that all, that's we, that we that all works. know it, right? Yeah. Come on, that's, man. That's their guy. That's their boy. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> yeah. look, that man ain't, listen, did he have no military ID on him? Was he part mm-hmm. of the CIA? That's a private citizen. Mm-hmm. That Just man decided on his own and he's a free will to have military grade weapons that he could fly over a country on a plane. Who among us hasn't been in that situation? Was not yeah. inspired. Yes. <laughs> of course, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. But the NSC, which we will again talk about uh, later, had a code name called Project Democracy, which is what was actually happening at that moment and the leader and again we mentioned before future pod star oliver north um knows that this is all cap and he's actually in charge with all of this and that is absolutely our guns that's absolutely our money and that's absolutely what's happening we was giving weapons to the contract but we gotta back up to figure out how we got there Dad, the dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. 
Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's introduce some players here. Uh, Okay. You know, Robert Bud McFarlane. You heard of this dude? Oh, yes. Yes, oh, yeah. Robert Bud McFarlane. He's the uh, the NSC chair. He's the um, NSC chair. Yeah. Used to work for and, Kissinger and Nixon and was yeah. like totally admired them. And he is a, he is a, when we talk about cold warriors, this man is a yes. hardcore cold warrior. A, you, like whatever you have to do to to stop the spread of communism is justified kind of guy not a dude does not give a shit about elections you give it how you get it how you live we out here yeah and and mcfarland is also one of the things that's interesting about him he is the guy the first guy to centralize um 
U.S. intelligence like information mm-hmm. uh, to like through a computer system effectively. Like they have this yeah. system of terminals um, in the White House and I believe also in the Pentagon that every all uh, secu- like basically all intelligence from every agency is getting routed through. And he's the first guy who does that. And when he centralizes the flow of that information, mm-hmm. he's also centralizing power for U.S. intelligence operations in the, the NSC in a way that it hadn't been for a while. And, it, and, and yeah, and it's, yeah. Partially because of this debacle. Yeah. It was like, yeah. exactly. The left hand doesn't know what the right is yeah. doing. Right? And, and yeah. they're not, by the by the way, because we're so used to these people lying all the time. When like guys like Schultz get up and say, well, I don't, we don't know that guy. They're not always lying. Yes. They're not always lying that they don't know that guy. Because that's yeah. the smart way to do it, right? If yeah. you're the CIA or whatever, you don't necessarily want the the, the fucking uh, sec def or the, the chief of staff Seriously. or the, the NSC head to know what all your guys are doing. It's better if they can honestly be like, yeah, I don't know. that." And you yeah. also, we'll talk about this more in my episodes there's guys in the cia who can honestly say no we we're not doing this because in their from what they know they don't know that that's going on because all of these people are lying to everyone including each other that's the way that the intelligence industry works exactly yeah (laughs) and it's yeah it's plausible deniability and listen how i survived living in the cities i've lived in was that was be like don't tell me i don't know yeah, so I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Like, I don't know how this fool yeah. got here. I don't know how you paid for that. I don't know why. To, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So when you ask, I, it's the honest truth. I don't know who that is. I ain't never met that man. Yes. Yeah. So who actually, another uh, little tidbit about Bud McFarlane, actually took his own life later on. Good for him. I mean, I don't know how he was going to get out of this. So yeah, critical support. <laughs> yeah. So, but let's back up even from this point. So we got mm-hmm. Robert McFarlane or Bud McFarlane, as he's called. Uh, and you got Ronald Reagan, you got Oliver North, you got George Bush Sr. But let's go back to October 23rd, 1983 in Beirut. OK, and mm-hmm. on this day, there's this marine barrack that's in the middle of Lebanon, right? In yeah. Beirut, that's just kind of posted up to air quotes, keep the peace during a Lebanese series, uh, civil war. Yeah, and it does a great job of that. It does a great job. It keeps everything we, peaceful, yeah. Yeah, because Beirut's, you know, since we got there, never had any problems. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it was fine, right? Doing great today. It's doing I, great. You know what? And I as a side note with this story, I, uh, I, man, I'm so off the rails, but I think this is what I love about this show. So it's, speaking of how well they've done at keeping peace in Beirut, I remember I was at this event up in the Colorado mountains, like this, like I was performing for these freakishly wealthy people. It was a dope thing. It was like entrepreneurship for good. Like, so these people are not like, annoying wealthy they're just like wealthy wealthy you know what i'm saying yeah like kind of like the like oh you still work for money kind of wealthy like yeah that, that type of wealthy right so we were talking about i think this was like either the right before the pandemic so it was like early 2020 um and we were talking about uh what was happening on the syria and iraq border with the kurds and you know and mm-hmm. just like some stuff was going on it was like dang that's crazy and then it was this one lady was like wait what are you talking about and she was clearly Arab. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, dang, like, you know, what's what's happening in Syria and Iran border? And she was like, what? I haven't heard of that. And I was like, in my head, I completely judged her. And I was like, see, you know what? Wealth. When you just mm-hmm. get rich, man, you just like, you just, you just don't never know what else is going on. And she was like, oh, no, I don't think you understand. I'm from Beirut. And she was like, there's always this. 
Yeah. Like, we've we've been in civil war my whole life. It's always like this. So I thought this was something that just wasn't what it always was. And I definitely got corrected because I was like, man, I judge this lady. She done lived through some of the worst yeah, the worst it's, type of it's, violence. it's another fucking fight on the block for her. And like exactly. the names are different, but exactly. like it's another fight on the goddamn block, right? It's yeah. East LA shooting out, uh, yeah. shooting out uh, fireworks. It's like, that's just, I don't yeah. even notice anymore. So, but during this time, uh, one day early in the morning, truck comes barreling through their gates, boom, crashes into their barrack, 2,500 pounds of TNT, blows the whole shit up, leaves 244 people dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Total asymmetrical warfare, something that like America hadn't seen before mm -hmm. uh, at the time. Right. And it was clearly obvious who did it. It was yeah. Hezbollah. Like, yeah, th the most the worst kept secret in the world. Hezbollah, they hiding right there in that valley. They the ones who did this. Right. Yeah. And asymmetrical warfare for everybody who doesn't understand. It's 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 a very simple situation that like all of us in our lives have had to do this at some point where you have somebody that's just towering bigger than yeah. you. It's ridiculous to try to square up with them. Yeah, you're not going to you're not. Hezbollah is not going to like take on couple of hundred marines fully suited up with air support but so, if you sir, ram a fucking bomb into the barracks you can achieve the same end listen um, and if it, you, it works pretty well it for works them. pretty well <laughs> listen if you were to mouth off so bad and it would never happen but if you were to mouth yeah. off so bad to sophie and sophie decided okay you know what i'm gonna have to fuck this dude up right mm -hmm. which would never happen but sophie i would not tell i would my suggestion to you would be you need to bite you need to kick you need to grab bats there is no such thing as playing fair he is twice your size this is asymmetrical you do what mm -hmm. you got to do you know what i'm saying again this would never happen this is why sophie keeps that rider truck packed full of explosives outside of my house just in case just in case that's right yeah so, I also do have a lot of United States Marines quartered in my home. But that's a separate story. Right on the other sword. side of that screen. Um, yeah. One of them just walked by. Y'all ain't see that? Like, put a shirt on, bro. Uh, so, so yeah. So, blew it up, did this. And like we said, Bud McFarlane, former Marine, super cold warrior, is like, uh, we can't let this shit ride. Well, and fucking Reagan. Came, so Reagan has just come to office yeah. after pushing uh, Carter out. And the thing he runs on is all of these guys got captured in Iran and Carter couldn't get them out. Right. They, they had a yeah, failed so go rescue attempt. He's weak. He's made America weak on the national stage. And I'm going to I'm going to make sure that Americans are protected overseas. Right. Facts. This is a huge deal. Facts. And this is not the only thing that Reagan's dealing with. There's like an unprecedented surge in attacks on U.S. embassies when Reagan yeah. is in office. I think more than under any other president like it's going like this is a real problem for him because he's he's staring at re-election and yeah. this is like fucking it's not a 9-11 level thing but for people of that era it was like pretty close this is yeah. like a huge fucking deal this was absurd yeah like because it because it was so it was more like the disrespect like this is the mm -hmm. audacity dog like mm -hmm. y'all don't no one respects your gangster no more right so like you said, Bug McFarland, George Schultz, who we talked about before, they all agree. They're like, man, we can't let this, we can't let this uh, ride. But there was some uh, dissenting voices. Defense Secretary Casper uh, Weinberger, right? Yeah, he was like, listen, y'all got a reasonable man in the administration. Yeah, the most reasonable. Yeah, he was like, like listen, <laughs> y'all got to chill. Do y'all remember Vietnam? 
Yeah. Like, do you like? Do you really think America is gonna let us go fight somebody else's war again? Like, yeah. y'all don't remember how this shit went when v- you were around v- Vietnam, which has been over for like ten years at yeah, this point. It's like, just not even. In, yeah, like, like it's very recent. Y'all remember these boys? They was like burning. They was burning their draft cards. Like, it was a thing. Like, like we, honestly, <laughs> it's about as far, it's about for them, it's about Viet, the end of Vietnam is about as far as the end of like um, the US occupation of Iraq on a big scale, like 2013 yeah, or like 14, it just something like that. Like it's, it's really, really recent for them. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, listen, dog, like you can't just, we just can't do this without the public support, right? Yeah. So old Ronnie is like, all right, I feel you. Uh, maybe we should just bounce then. But Bud is like, listen, if we bitch out, it's gonna happen again, right? Yeah. We cannot bitch out like this. Uh, and so Bud continues to stay in Reagan's ear, and he's like, "Listen, I'm trying to tell you, we can't, we, we can't do this." But Ronnie's like, "Nah, they right. I'm up for re-election, like you said. Like, let's go ahead and fall back, right? So why they? So they fall back, right? But when America falls back, we don't really fall back." You know what I'm saying? Like, so we may have removed the Marines, but the CIA stayed because yeah. remember, we still had hostages out there, right? We still yeah. had hostages in Iran and that were held by Hezbollah and Hezbollah, again, worst kept secret is totally supported by the Irani government, Ayatollah Khomeini, right? Like, it's just like, it's not a secret. It's an out in the open secret. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's it's our to boy. this day, like Hezbollah is, is um, armed to a significant extent and often functions as like an extension of the Iranian military. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, right? It's like, a whole we all thing. Have our, we all got our proxies. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. Which doesn't mean that they're also like, that there aren't conflicts between like Hezbollah and the Iranian government. Cause like, I, you know, none of these are the fact that someone's a proxy doesn't mean that like, they don't have their own shit that they're doing. Yeah, they're not too, a patsy. Right? Like it's the, the world is yeah. the world. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They still yeah. got their own thing cracking. So shit's, right. Shit's, yeah. shit, and it's all, it's worth note. One of the fun things, there's a really wonderful book uh, called landslide by my probably favorite journalist who writes books, Jane Mayer um, about the Reagan administration in this period. And one of the things she'll point out is that like, especially once you hit like 83, 84, 85, uh-huh. Reagan is starting to have the early effects of Alzheimer's. And he's also just because of his, he's, he's kind of his personality. He's kind of this like amiable, mm-hmm. like man and not a very intellectual guy. And so yeah. one of the things he's known for by the people that he brings into his white house is that like the most important thing is to kind of be the last guy talking to him because he'll yeah. often do so there are conflicts between mcfarland and weinberger and yeah. schultz where they're all like just like primarily the thing they're doing is like scheming to get the most time in their schedule sitting and having like five minute meetings with ronnie because the totally. more of those you can pack in the better you can do of like getting it into yep. his little brain whatever it is you want him to do <laughs> like, like mcfarland's calling him on the phone when he's not supposed to be calling him on the phone it's very funny dude it's um, so funny i got some of those stories in my script mm-hmm. here where just they, oh, they're oh, doing good. exactly that like yeah. uh you talk to reagan no i'm about to talk to you right now you know because no, you no, no, no i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get in there yeah uh, yeah yeah no i'll send, I'll send a note right now yeah because you mm-hmm. want to be the last dude to give him the idea so yeah so they're like yo if we bitch up you know what i'm saying it's just like the shut the fuck up you ain't gonna do shit like if we don't yeah. do shit they're gonna do it again right and five months later they absolutely did it again so in march of 84 there was a Marine named uh, William Casey. And was it Casey? Yeah. No, yes. William Buckley. My fault. Oh, you're a, talk, wait, yeah. sorry. Casey is the, um, 
the yeah Casey's CIA at home. Guy. He's the head of CIA. Yeah. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. William Buckley. So William yeah. Buckley. There's a lot of these fucking guys. Yeah, to keep a lot track of dudes. Of. It's hard to keep them yeah. together. But yeah, so William Buckley was one of the CIA agents that stayed back after a air quotes America left, and it was yeah. his job to work with the special the uh the 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 special forces of Israel to try to go get our hostages from Hezbollah out of Iran. Right. So that was his role. Mm-hmm. Right. And then one day. Right. And it's, it's the, the, the specifics of this is what makes it so beautiful. Everybody knows or everybody should know, like if you a spy, you probably shouldn't drive your own car to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, should, you don't want to. You should probably like, you know, spend a block a couple of times, like figure out other ways to go. You know what I'm saying? Take, take a different bicycle. cars. You take know a what bicycle. people don't notice is a fucking bike. <laughs> yes. Yes. You should know that the streets is watching. You should just yeah. know. Right. Well, the streets was watching this fool trained. You know, everybody has off days mess around and on his way to work the day that they was go go run a sting operation to get their folks out that day. He gets captured. Right. Hezbollah yeah. captures that fool that day. Put the homie on camera, sends it now to William Casey, the head of CIA. And he like, what now, homie? What y'all finna do? Right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to y'all need to go ahead on home. You know, and the CIA sees it, sends it to old Ronnie and Bud McFarlane is like, I told your ass this is what was going to happen. Right. We need to figure out what the fuck to do, you know, and they have this idea. Bud McFarlane actually has the idea. Bud goes, "Okay, listen. There's no way in the world everybody in Iran fucks with the Ayatollah and hezbollah there's Mm -hmm. no way they have to have enemies out there right so if that's the case what if we just tap in with those people right and while no one can agree on what to do a year passes, six more people get kidnapped you know what I'm yep. saying? Right. While they trying to figure out what the hell to do, mad people are getting kidnapped. Right. Yeah. No one can figure out what to do. So so they're like, OK, well, we got to We got to figure out something. Right. Maybe there's somebody out there, like they said, that doesn't really mess with them. Right. So this fool bud in July 85 gets a call from one of his homies. One of his homies that that is like tapped in in Israel. This guy named who is probably my favorite character in this story. Gabonifar. Right. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, he, this guy rules. He's my, oh, my favorite God. character out he this mug. He is such a beautiful con man, and he yes. takes the unite. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So Gabonifar to me is like. Did you see that? Did y'all see that Denzel Washington movie where he was a pilot and he was always an alcoholic and he yeah, had a drug yeah, yeah. connect uh, of his dude John Goodman. John Goodman. Oh, so good in that movie. Yes. The movie so, itself kind of mid, but John mid. Goodman as a as a fucking drug dealer. Rules. Oh my gosh. Right. Right. Or take so yeah. so take that image and and compare it and connect it to the image of Adam Sandler in that jeweler movie where you're just mm. like just jumpy and like yeah. just like always got a hustle going. Kind of gross weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but somehow, obviously, has been able to deliver, you know what I'm saying, by the yeah. skin of his teeth. Again, that's a call you don't want to make unless you actually have to make it. Right? Yeah. So he was like, Yo, I heard about y'all situation. I got to connect from some people out there in Iran that don't really mess with Honani and them. So I kind of mm-hmm. feel like there's a way we could get your hostages. I found them that said, yo, we, we mess with y'all. We're going to get y'all hostages, but we're going to need something in return. 
Yep. And <laughs> Robert, why don't you go and tell them what they need in return? Well, you know, so there, Iran is fighting. There's this whole war with mm-hmm. Iraq, and it's not going great. No. Um, it's it's not go. It's actually the most similar war to the Iran-Iraq war is probably what's going on in Ukraine right now. Yes. Um, and Iran you know, they get invaded and they're on their back foot for a while, but they start pushing the Iraqis back with these human wave attacks. And so then there's this reverse in the war, but they can't really break all the way through the Iraqi lines because Iraq has pretty competent tank battalions. Yeah. And so they need, what they're going to need is fucking anti-tank missiles. They're going to need these like new fucking badass anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles, these things called Hawks, um, that can knock Iraqi (laughs) bombers out of the sky. Because Iraq is bombing Tehran on a daily basis during this, right? Toronto's so getting ass like, kicked we, right now. We yeah. need fucking, mi- and when we talk about like missiles, that's the missiles they mean. It's the stuff that we're sending Ukraine right now, right? Yes. It's man portable anti armor and anti aircraft missiles. We need heaters. We need yes. blickies. We need heaters. You're right. Like, cause like we got our own situation here. We ain't no Boy Scouts, fam. Yeah. You know and, what I'm and saying? These like, are the heaters that like you only get from the United only States. Only America or the, got. Or, or, yeah. or the Soviet Union directly, yeah. right? Y'all got because the good shit. They have their shit. own versions of yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all got the good shit. We need the good shit, right? So they're like, yeah. so they're, so Gabonifar, like, look, they got them, but you got to sell them these weapons, right? And if you're, Paying attention, which I'm pretty sure you are, that kind of sound like we trade in West weapons for hostages. It does sound a little bit. It kind of like sound that. like that, right? Yeah. But the boy Gabonifar is like, no, 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 no. That's not what y'all doing. Y'all not giving weapons. Y'all not trading weapons for hostages, fam. Listen, it'll work like this. We'll sell them the weapons, and you just tighten us up on the back end. Ain't uh-huh. nothing wrong with you selling us weapons. We your homies. Like everybody mm-hmm. know we selling the ledger gonna look the same, bro. Listen, they listen, it ain't gonna be it's no big deal. Go on chill. Everybody relax. Relax. Listen, sell sell us the weapons, and that's what the paper will say. And then we listen, Iran's our homies. We could do whatever we want with the weapons you sell them. The ledger gonna look fine, bro. Don't even trip. Nobody will know. Everything cool. Everybody cool? Everybody cool. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Right? So, the idea is like it will work like this. Israel will get the weapons, get the missiles, get the Hawk things, put the heaters in boxes, take that cargo plane to Lisbon, Portugal, right? Let let it go to Portugal. It'll clear customs. Everything's good. Get stamps on it. Come out of Lisbon, fly into Tehran where Gabonifar will be there and he'll slang the weapons to the Irani, uh, to the Irani people. It'll look, it'll be super perfect. They gonna get their weapons. They'll go in and they'll give you your hostages and send them hostages home. Um, which is, of course, in fact, trading arms for hostages that's exactly yep. what it is this is us negotiating with terrorists but again gabonifar is like what do you mean you're not negotiating with terrorists we uh, that's what we do with these weapons is our business yeah. and you know again if you say it like that and you got somebody as smooth as gabonifar you you could be like you know what you anybody you you, you got a friend that could convince you of anything do you got one of them Oh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, that's, yeah, that's why I've done a lot of the cocaine. Yeah, all I've the done. stuff you talk about, right? <laughs> yeah. is, is the friend that'll convince you of anything. 
You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So this is the friend that'll convince you of anything, but you should you should know good and well after sitting in the amount of holding tanks you may have sat in, sat in that maybe I should stop listening you to this. You can't prove shit. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, but you can't prove nothing. Like <laughs> yeah. the paper look the paper looks fine, right? So they mm-hmm. run back, they tell Ron, they tell Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan, Ronnie, like, well, shit. I mean, run it, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seemed good to me. You know what I'm saying? Are we cool? Right? And he like, yeah. uh, okay, so covert observation. I don't sound like, at least paperwork is concerned, it don't sound like we done nothing wrong. But for this to work, Ronnie has to do run this thing that's called a finding, right? Yeah. Which is a document, a confidential document. It's a directive that says the president finds that this operation is in the best interest of national security. It's just a stupid piece of paper. You got to run it to Congress so that yeah. nobody is is not in the know because the last thing the government like especially elected officials they never want to seem like they they caught off guard that they don't well, know and a, a lot of this the, like the fact that they have to do all this in order to like legally do something like this is because of the shit the cia got up to in the 50s and yes. 60s and 70s that like we talk about in the cia episodes but yeah. all of that those governments they overthrew the shit that goes on in yeah. argentina and guatemala like that's results in a bunch of committees because people find out about it and are like are you guys just like destroying countries without asking <laughs> wait, anyone wait we did what now wait yeah. what you know <laughs> yeah. oh man how many times dog just think about your parents opening the door which <laughs> and you and a cop are standing on your yeah. porch and they like what did this little fool do get in the house you know what i'm saying yeah, that's both why a lot of this starts with the NSC and not the CIA. Yes. You know, they're involved, but it's it's McFarlane who's driving a lot of what happens. And yeah. it's also why the there's the guy who's in charge of the CIA, Bill Casey, yeah. um, his whole motivation, he was like a heart, he was like a fucking boots on the ground spook in World War II. Like, yeah. I, like doing some like gnarly body shit. Yeah. Um, and his whole motivation in life is to get back to when the CIA gets to do that kind of stuff again yeah. right so like anyway I, that's yeah. i imagine that being much more fun when you just didn't have to like tell anybody what oh, you was doing yeah. and you could just and, overthrow governments yeah and, and bill bill casey is reading about him is fun but in like a mike like like in an l ron hubbard way totally. where like how did he get away with yeah, all how, of this you did what now <laughs> yeah 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 Dad, the dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, 
I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Schultz and Weiberger are like, okay, this is a huge mistake, but you know, Bud got Ronnie's ear. I guess we doing this. Now, enter this man named Don Regan, who's the presidential chief of staff, right? Yeah. But by the way, let's all deal with the elephant in the room. Ronald Reagan's uh, uh, chief of staff was Donald Regan. It's just, okay, let's, let's just, we just sit with that for just a second. Sit with it. All right. I can't make this shit up. Like, this yeah. is like, yeah, it's, we're in a simulation. Like, that yeah. makes you feel like we're in a simulation. What? Yeah. You can't let that happen, Ronald. But yeah. of course, if he, anyway, of course, whatever. But whatever. yeah, I mean, he's an absolute dickhole. Like, we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about him oh, pretty yeah. later. He's but success. He's yeah. such a dickhole, right? All of these guys are yes. terrible. Yes. Uh, there was even a moment where this fool like tries to get Bud like like dragged in public while he tells the uh, he tells the press that this fool was cheating on his wife. He just just messy, just making up shit. So anyway, while all this shit is going down on August third, um, Ronnie tells this fool, okay. Everybody on the ground, okay, it's on. Let's do this thing, right? Tap in with Israel. Let's tap in with the Israelis. Let's get this thing cracking, right? So Gafanafar is like, all right, let's make it happen. Let's see what we got to do. Um, let's make sure everything runs. So the thing starts running and pl- run. The thing starts running, and then they put. Oliver North is where he starts in place. So Oliver North is the guy that's like, all right, hey, can yeah. you oversee all this shit, right? Now, everybody knows. Well, not everybody knows. That's the hard part. Nobody knows except for the CIA yeah. that you can't trust Gabonafar. Matter no. of fact, this nigga blacklisted. 
Like, <laughs> like he already. Yeah, but Casey this, don't tell nobody. Yeah, while the while everyone else in the intelligence apparatus is like setting up a like pinning all of their hopes and dreams on this man. Yes, Casey's got like this list of times Gabonifar has fucked us over, and then he's just like not sharing. Why are you it not telling rules. nobody? Like <laughs> the Reagan administration yes. is a hoot. If you could just like turn your soul off for a little yes. while and not think about all the people who died, it's extremely funny. It's hilarious. Yes, because I'm like, <laughs> fam, you okay? You seeing all this happening? You seeing all this, and you notice. Full shady, and you ain't say nothing. Like you're not a friend. You're not a team player. Like how is you like like bro? Speak up, right? So anyway, there's this mo motivation people have yeah. lately to talk about how like well you know the government when you get right down to it politics all these guys it's the same as like what gangs do. Um, they're just wearing suits. They're just yes. gangbangers in suits. Yes, but. I might argue if you're a gangbanger, you have to be a lot smarter because these guys are sloppy as shit. You're just you would bad be in gang fucking bangers. prison yes. so fast if you were like these guys are the messiest people. If if this situation happened on the streets and you was part of the set and you knew this fool was shady, you would get you would get what's called DP'd, which is discipline. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. means we finna beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Cause like you put yes. us all in danger and you knew better. Like, speak up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like you, you won't get it. You gonna get it bad. So, so it starts getting cracking, right? Uh, first shipment goes in. It's kind of weird. You know, like I said, it kind of worked. Went off to Lisbon. Uh, you know, goes off to Lisbon. Uh, comes back down. They get the thing. They're supposed to be, the, the plan was supposed to be, once you get your first shipment, you need to send us uh, William Buckley. Send our guy, right? Yeah. And this is like gnarly for, cause they've got pictures of Buckley. Yeah. You know, they think he's being tortured. I think it turns out that he was just like got sick and was yeah. not treated properly. So that's but what they said. They was th like, yeah. they was like, so once the thing works, it was like, uh, okay, so we got this thing. Here's the arms dealer. Let's send it off. And Iran was like, once they got their shipment, Iran was like, uh, hey, he too sick to travel. We can't send him. And you like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, you got your weapons though. Like we paid we, for this. Yeah, we just sent you a lot of weapons. <laughs> we need our dude. And they like, oh man, sorry fam. You send the next one though. Send the next mm -hmm. order and we should be cool. Right now, y y anybody's antennas should come up here, right? Like, obviously a scam, right? Obviously you something ain't right. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? But since these fools are bad at being gangsters, they send the next shipment. But the next shipment goes wrong. Right. You were supposed to send 500 uh, 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 Hawk missiles. Right. Mm -hmm. There's they're supposed to send 500 Hawk missiles. They only got 100. Right. And they was like, I don't understand what's going on. Did Israel, you know, change the price? Like something's not like the ledgers aren't working. And remember, there's so many middlemen. It's hard to figure out what's going on. Then then there's another shipment right in November. And th when this shipment happens, it gets sent back. It goes. So when this one's happening, it's supposed to go to Lisbon. Lisbon doesn't clear the customs. Right. So the shit gets sent back. Oh, wait, wait I'm skipping a part. I forgot this. This actually parts even more crazy. When the second shipment comes to Iran, when it gets there, it's got Israeli tags on it. It's stamped with the Star of David. Because. 
remember how the lick was supposed to work. The stuff was supposed to actually be American missiles. You're supposed to go into there and then we were pretending like we were selling Israeli missiles to them, but they were really American missiles because that's what Iran asked for. Iran asked for American missiles, but if they come in there and they got the Star David on it, Iran like, are you fucking with us? I didn't ask for y'all's missiles. We asked for American missiles. Yeah. This shit don't look right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't understand what's going on, but we not giving y'all nobody till we figure this shit out. Right? And America's still like, oh my God, we're still, we're still, somebody's gonna find out what the fuck we're doing. We have to get this thing working, right? Yeah, Finally, now we've given them so many missiles. If we don't get anybody at all, it's worse than if we just give them more missiles until we get people. Yes, yeah. exactly. So they end this like, you just still paying. It's, it's this like, beautiful sunk costs fallacy. Yes, yeah. like fam, you're like, if you, like any friend would tell you, my G, you getting extorted. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? You've, you're, like, you're getting fucked, man. You, you getting stop. fucked out this mug by everybody. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if I was you, I wouldn't even try to figure out who's at fault. It's just, it's yeah. time to pull out, fam, right? So the the one shipment gets sent back to Israel. Like, it doesn't clear customs. And remember, Israel ain't supposed to have these weapons. These weapons that are on this freight train ain't supposed to exist. But now, uh, Oliver North need help because we got to get these weapons out of customs without mm -hmm. nobody knowing, right? So who does he call? This fool calls the CIA. Yeah, there you go. That's I mean, what you do. like, what am I supposed to do? Right? So, Bill Casey, who running the CIA, knew the whole time this dude was shady, right? Knew the whole time you were supposed to get clearance, right? Knew the whole time that none of this shit was supposed to happen. The CIA wasn't even supposed to be involved in none of this stuff because you ain't send no papers in, but now I gotta come say, he like, ah, why you bring y'all messy? Why you bring me into this, right? But he's gotta do it. So he's gotta pretend like uh, Reagan signed something, maybe, and then he goes to get, then he goes to, to Reagan and he tries to get a retroactive finding. So like on some post-dated checks type shit, like just, just backdate this thing Right. Turn it in, but just backdate it so everything will be cool. He gets him to do it. Right. But this whole time, Iran got their antennas up. Iran like this shit. Some y'all trying to play. We think Israel trying to play us. Right. Now, if you America and you dealing with people this volatile. You kind of want them to think that it's not you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it works better in your favor for, for Iran to think Israel the shady ones. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Cause, because if not, they're going to shoot up our people. Well, and it looks better for everybody if it's, if it's going through the Israelis, It right? looks better for everybody. We could always blame them. Uh, everything's like... And the Israelis want to be in this because they have a vested interest in Iran getting better weapons because while Iran and Israel, like do all this very public fighting. Israel actually over the years has kicked Iran a lot of weapons because Iran is also the ancestral yeah. enemy of Iraq and Iraq they considered for a long time to be much more of a threat to Israel. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So Iran thinks Israel's playing them. For us it's cool. So you not mad at us, you mad at them. So the question is, do you do you kill the deal like you said, the sunken cost? You kill the deal, uh, or do you keep trying to get your people back? And at this point, it's Israel that look like they messed up, not us. Yep. However, it's probably this fool who we can't figure out, this fool Gabonafar, right? Yeah. Who is, so far, he just been in the wind. He been cashing checks and been like, well, I don't know what to say. Like, I've, 
I've done what we need to do. So, so, so the American team, Oliver North and them run back. They tell Ronnie like, okay, look, here's, here's the situation. What do you want to do? Ronnie being as smooth as he is. Remember, he's not smart. He's smooth. Ronnie is like, okay, listen, I could probably explain away the legalities of us doing this. If we get caught, I could probably finesse this. Right. But what I probably can't finesse is letting six or seven hostages (laughs) die in the hands of Iran because I couldn't get them out. Yeah. But he's like, okay, um, but you're right, dog. Like, this this shit ain't working. Let's go go tell Gavonifar it's off, right? So Bud McFarlane and Oliver North, they fly to the UK to meet with Gabonifar. Um, and they like, look, dog, this shit ain't working. I don't know what you're doing. They not getting their weapons. The numbers is getting messed up. Now Lisbon asking questions. Like, we're we just need to end this shit, right? Gabonifar, like, um, okay, listen, fam. I don't think you know who you're dealing with. Like, you can't just end a deal with these people. Yeah. Like, this just you you didn't. You done, you done tangled with the wrong folk. Yeah. And besides, we're good. I got this. Because you got to remember how Gabonifar run. He's like, look, man, listen, y'all just just chill, man. Just chill. You acting all froggy, man. You acting all jumpy, man. You act like, you're like, act like you belong somewhere. We'll be all right, homie. You can't just back out with these people. They're killers. And I've been dealing with killers for a while. So we all right. So Oliver North is like, look, man, he probably right. We did. There's no uh, I don't know what else we could do, homie. Like, I don't know how we could do this. Um, And if Reagan is still down, I think we should do this. But Reagan ain't ain't. Ain't reveal his cards yet. Right. So there's, there's some other cards going on. And Bud is like, look, man, I can't. I can't work like this. I'm about to roll out. But but Oliver North has an idea. You know, two, two purple heart Vietnam head ass has an yeah. idea, right? But we'll get to that idea later. But now we're going to have to start the other thread. But before we do that, let's uh do, what do you guys, what do you call these? Pluggables? That's what you call them? Yeah, yeah. yeah plug some pluggables. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Well, let me tell you about where I can be plugged. Um, I wrote a book called After the Revolution. You can find it on bookseller.org or whatever. You can find it on amazon.com. You can find it on the AK Press website by just Googling AK Press After the Revolution. Uh, please buy it and read it. Uh, many people have, and they seem to enjoy it. That's it. That's the only thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that an award winning pods i've never i have not won won an award award. no yeah nobody nobody's given me an award yeah me neither (laughs) um twinsies you deserve an award Uh, i'll give you an award yeah i'll give you i mean i've I've won an award (laughs) yes you have whatever yeah Yeah, sophie has won an award Uh, yeah now prop and i prop you and i are gonna have to do some asymmetric warfare now i know right (laughs) Get that fucking trophy. You know what I'm saying? You and and Loftus are running away with it, man. Yeah. Uh It's definitely changed us. We're we're definitely worse worse people. You and the Lofty one, you know what I'm saying? I have... 
I'm going to be honest with you. Never been this angry. Um, not so not high once. and above us. You're, yeah. That's your new name Funny. now, Jamie no, Lofty. You, 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 you and you and me, prop. We got to do some some Bill Casey, some McFarland, some fucking Ollie North shit. Yes, we, gotta, we do. We got <laughs> to roll on this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get those goddamn trophies. Anyway. She. All right. All right. I don't know which yeah. I don't know which theme music is rolling in right now, but that's dope. Uh, the Batman. Let's do the Batman oh. theme music. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Leader. All right. All right. That's part one. Bye. dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th minute of fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me jamie loftus and every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day who are they what made them so notorious how did the internet or the algorithm choose them and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hills and Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.